thanks for tuning in. You're listening to From A to Gen Z with Connie Castle and Jale Brazel, cultural commentary and celebrity chat from two Gen Zers. Hello, Connie. Hi, Jar. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I feel like a lot has happened on the world stage since we last recorded. There's going to be a new Presidente of the United States. Woo! And a new Vice Presidente. Go, <laughs> go ladies. <laughs> yeah. And Dominic Cummings is out. Of yeah. Number 10. I saw Big a really roots. funny um, meme that was just a video, the video of him leaving um, number 10 with his pitiful box of stuff <laughs> set to the... Um, theme tune of EastEnders oh I saw that yeah <laughs> so funny it's like tune in next week it was so funny um and there was fireworks night yeah my it's cats exciting. didn't like that my cats were not happy oh bless they yeah. struggle don't they mm. and Kylie's released a new disco album most importantly big news big, big moves news. from phenomenal. Kylie yeah absolutely phenomenal um and in our own small worlds, there's been some micro dramas, hasn't there? Do you want to share with our listeners what we experienced just a mere 20 <laughs> just, minutes ago? <laughs> so we were meant to start recording this and I could not find the cable that connected my headphones to my laptop, which was obviously horrendously stressful. I was like trying all the crappy old weird headphones in my house, like <laughs> desperately connecting them to my laptop. Then I was like, no, you know what? I've just got to find the cable and found it quickly, um, sucked inside the Hoover. How did so, you know it was there though? I, don't I just had a feeling because basically um we've got instead of like a normal Hoover, we actually do have a normal Hoover, but we also have a Roomba. <laughs> do you I'm know sorry. these these creatures? <laughs> basically it's like um it's like a robot Hoover that that just moves independently. Oh my god, my brother talks about these, yeah. Yeah. So you know in Parks and Rec when he when Tom has that thing that he calls DJ Roomba and it's like an iPod <laughs> strapped to this thing that moves. It's that. It's like a, a little independent robot hoover, basically. Have you ever so done it that? Just, Have you ever made No, a but DJ you know what I should? <laughs> yeah, so it just like goes under my bed and gets stuck quite a lot and it obviously just ate this cable up and continue That's chugging so, along. How clever of you to look in there though, to look in the little DJ Roomba. Yeah, I just had a feeling, I was like, damn it, that cable's in the frickin' Roomba. Anyway, <laughs> got it now, all sorted. Yeah, and now we're sailing on to episode eight. So Jar, have you got any podcast recommendations for me? Because I really need to find a new one to listen to. I do, well I've only listened to one episode, but it's Clara Ampho's podcast called This City. Oh, um, Clara she's on, Yeah, she's on Strictly, actually, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She did very well this week. Yesterday, did you see? Don't I haven't, I haven't been watching it, sadly. But I did. Um, I do know that she did the Charleston, actually. I've heard other people Yes, she smashed yeah. it. She got a 10, I'm pretty sure. Go, Ooh. Clara. <laughs> and relatively early days, wish her all the best. Um, so, yeah, her, her podcast is called This City, and... She basically interviews famous figures about their relationship with London and their experiences of the city. And it's really casual, really laid back. Um, but yeah, really nice listening. So basically, uh, the episode I listened to was with Shuti Gatwa, who plays Eric on Sex Education. Um, love, love, and love. it was just such an uplifting like half an hour or however long because you get an impression from his character on sex education that he's so 
exuberant and kind and warm but Shujigawa the actor is like that times 1000 he's so much more entertaining and enthusiastic um he opens by talking about his mum moving to Scotland from Rwanda this must have been in the early 90s um and he says that when she first moved she told him that on bonfire night she was really scared because when she heard fireworks, she thought it was gunfire. Oh my god! Because that's what she'd sort of been used to in Rwanda. Um, so she, he obviously tells that as a funny story, but and in a very light-hearted way. But it shows the kind of resilience and and bravery of his mum when he was growing up. Um, I think he might. They must have moved to escape the 1994 Rwandan genocide. Oh god! Which, yeah, about a million people were killed, and it was absolutely <gasps> that's awful. Um, so yeah, but he, he manages to touch on topics like that in a very, I don't know, poignant and emotionally aware, um, way. Um, and then he speaks about more lighthearted stuff. So he talks about moving to London when he was working in theatre and living in Hackney and getting the 30 something bus to the West End. Um, and they have like a little love in about Ghanaian food because Clara Ampho's Ghanaian. So that was really cute. Oh, so cute. Yeah. And he he tells a story about, because obviously Eric was like his breakthrough role. So he tells stories about how now when he's shopping in Tesco for detergent, people always come up to him and start talking to him. And it's just, yeah. (laughs) That's so Um, funny. And overall, I just felt like, because I mean, cities all over the world have been so, so slowed down in the past few months. Um, and there's not that kind of electricity that we're used to living in a in a big um, cosmopolitan place. So it was really not because this episode was recorded in January of this year um, before everything kicked off. Oh, with right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was really nice to hear two people just talking about the city oh. as it was normally and how exciting it would be and the interactions you have with people. Um, and yeah, it's just he's just a joy to listen to. He has such an infectious laugh. It was lovely. Oh, that sounds so good. I really want to listen. And that that idea for a podcast is great, isn't it? I think, yeah. obviously, we're Londoners, so probably a bit biased. But, yeah. but I think I would love to hear people, like, just talking about London and their yeah. experiences and stuff. Because people have such different, like, points of view, even in the same city, don't they? Like, London yeah. means such a different thing to everyone, doesn't it? I think that's why it was nice as well, because, I mean, he'd moved here from Scotland, but he sort of seemed to take to it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um but that was that seemed to sort of be his attitude to life in general. That he he's just embraces it with with open arms so much that it's sort of impossible that he wouldn't have a great time. Oh, um, it's just it. like positivity, just like really carrying him through. So um, yeah, it was great. Other episodes have Mark Ronson on them, um, cool. and other you know well known people. So I think I will listen to more now. Um, but yeah, Shooty Gatwa, what a lovely bloke. What about your lockdown recommendations, Connie? Have you been watching anything good? So this past week, I just finished a series which I really enjoyed. Uh, it's called Love Life, and it's currently streaming on BBC iPlayer, um, where you can watch the whole series. So if anyone wants to binge, I'd say go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a 10-part series uh, with just 30-minute episodes. And in the series, you follow one woman, uh, Darby Carter, who's played by Anna Kendrick, who you probably would recognise from, like, Pitch Perfect, Perfect. yeah, <laughs> and all of those. Um, and, yeah, you basically follow her from, I think, late teens, so when she's in college, to 30-something. And basically, each episode is kind of centred around a relationship in her life. So you kind of go from, like the first ever relationship she has to potentially the last kind of thing. Mm. 
so basically it's really interesting um i would describe it as like a, an extended romantic comedy in a lot of ways um because it's sort of like like in the film you'll just see the last person they end up yeah. with and like how they got together but this one is is kind of the series is about like every every person all um, the bumps in the road along the way exactly yeah the journey the yeah. journey to the love um <laughs> and yeah and in that way i feel like it it kind of shows you that the journey is more important than the destination but not Which to like is a cliche that is yeah. so true <laughs> <laughs> but like how important each relationship is and how different relationships like interact so like yeah. one bad relationship might make your next relationship really different anyway tangent there um so yeah what i really liked about it as well was that you kind of um get that more fully fleshed out sense of some of the peripheral characters which you probably wouldn't get in a a film just because you don't have that space Mm. so for example like her best friend Sarah um and her mum you kind of see a bit more about their own relationships and like their struggles which you probably miss out on if it was just like an hour and a half film that's that's Um, really good to see because that's such a common criticism of rom-coms isn't it like the best friend just seems to exist to support the main character and has no world of their own so what what kind of thing do they show in the tv show about her mum and and Sarah uh so her mum the mum is a really interesting character because you first meet her through like you see Darby and her boyfriend meeting the mum for the first time and that's the first experience you get of her and then later on she gets like a more dedicated like section in in the series um I thought this was a really good example something else I liked was the writing I thought just some of the dialogue in it is really great um particularly the dialogue with her and her mum fighting because I obviously watched it with my mum like I watch everything um (laughs) and the fight was so realistic like just things they were saying and and like the mum saying something kind of slightly slightly un-PC and Darby being like oh you can't say that and then like that kind of escalating um and there's a moment when she goes mattress shopping with her mum and her brother and she just breaks down and the mum's like what what's wrong and she's just like well nobody ever bought me a mattress and then that whole thing escalates and they end up having like a really deep conversation in the mattress place But, but anyway through through like through Darby's relationship with her you see more about the mum herself and like you hear about Mm. what's going on with her that's kind of cool and then her friend Sarah is really interesting because you kind of see her relationship play out and and how that's different to what Darby's going through and I think that that's something you can really relate to because whatever point in your life like whatever your friends are doing is always slightly different and sometimes you feel that like either your friends in a really great relationship and you're single and you're like oh damn it like I'm so jealous Mm. or the other way around and you're like oh I wish I was single um and that's something that you really see in the series. So yeah, that's really Great. good. Um, in general, like I wouldn't say it's the most like perfect, lighthearted lockdown thing because mm. there's definitely some like grittier episodes and like more difficult times. Um, but yeah, I think it was a really on the whole like a really nice series and just definitely something that would be good to binge during this time. Um, I thought the fifth episode was like one of the best. I don't know particularly why it was for me, but I thought it was just such an amazing episode. So if you're like starting it, just hang in for that one and see if I want to see if people agree with me because I just was like so surprised by it for some reason. Um, But no spoilers. I won't tell you anything. Wait, high Um, praise. Yeah, watch it. I want to know what you think. Um, Yeah. And then so Lucy Mangan in The Guardian said it was the perfect balm for troubled times, which I don't know if I'd fully agree with because I think it could make you like get really introspective by your own relationships etc mm. um but I thought it was really like a really nice meaty kind of series to get into meaty. Um, nice. yeah because like rather than just watching a film and being like woo one film yeah. it's like oh a whole series of every relationship she has I want to yeah. know everything so 
yeah, I'd recommend guys go and watch. Brilliant. Um, and also somebody else, that's a bit of a side note from in British Vogue, I can't remember her name, sorry. It's called it the speed dating equivalent of normal people. I think that's because you kind of see oh. lots of different relationships. So yeah, any any thoughts on that, Jean? I know you're well, oh, normal you're, people. You're throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> but, okay, basically, my admission is I didn't finish normal people. The I read series. the book, but I didn't you read the book, finish yeah. the TV series. Because I didn't... It sort of annoyed me. <laughs> and I think part of that was that it was so hyped in the media. Mm. But then again, that can't just be it because like I May Destroy You was also really hyped in the media and I absolutely loved oh, that. Yeah. And completely agreed that it was a phenomenal TV show. Normal Good people point. my issue with it was like the book was really overwrought and fraught in terms of emotional stress. <laughs> yeah. I remember finishing it. I think I was on a plane on a holiday somewhere and I was like meant to be really excited obviously it was a great time I remember finishing it and like <laughs> sobbing on this plane oh my god <laughs> really so oh, traumatic no. yeah but um but with the tv show I just thought it was it was too much like it was great it was really great acting and everything mm. but the emotional overload was just too heavy for me and like they kept gazing at each other with what I assume was meant to be loads of subtext of emotion which in the book would have been described Yes, you can't yeah. really recreate that on screen without two good-looking people just like staring at each other for ages, which is yeah. fine. But <laughs> I just didn't really vibe with it that much. I agree. I I only watched the first two or three, which is really bad because I did enjoy the book a lot, and I really found it kind of like powerful. Um, but I did. I found the series a bit stilted, and I just I just knowing what happens, I didn't want to relive it. I think yeah. that was my problem with it. Um. So I don't, I wouldn't compare it, I don't think it really compares to normal people that that well because it's um, love life because it's quite different and it's like yeah. in New York and it's much more, it's definitely much less overwrought. Although there are emotional moments, so saying that. Yeah, but the thing is with normal people, it was all overwrought. Yeah, there was nothing like that every was like, episode yeah. would have been intense, wouldn't yeah. it? And there was nothing that was like light and sort of fine. It was all yeah. really intense drama. Okay, well, that's great. We've done our <laughs> roasting of normal people and love life seems like a great um, equivalent. Welcome to From A-List to Gen Z, the segment where we talk in detail about the wild world of celebrities. So for our celebrity segment this week, we absolutely must speak about the trailer for the upcoming rom-com Wild Mountain Time. <laughs> Time spelt as in the herb, not as in the abstract concept. <laughs> it's, it's quite a thing, isn't it, Char? It really trailer? is. So, okay, so basically, it's a rom-com starring Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan of Fifty Shades of Grey fame, which actually I've never seen. Um... And oh, it's we should set... do that next yeah, time we should for do that. Away. <laughs> Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, but Wild Mountain Time is set in rural Ireland mm -hmm. and it's basically been absolutely roasted in the press and in the YouTube comments for its portrayal of Ireland. Um, I read an article by Kerry McDermott in British Vogue that essentially laid out all the key points. The trailer is ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, the premise. The premise is clearly that Blunt and Dornan play characters who live on neighbouring farms and have had sort of a will-they-won't-they they relationship since childhood, I would assume. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but whenever Emily Blunt appears in the trailer, her face is literally covered in mud. <laughs> I don't understand. It's that. such an odd. It's so odd the whole thing. Yeah, because we we were just thinking about when it's set because like thinking about her clothes, she wears like really long. Yeah. Kind of like a Victorian nighty style dress. Yeah. But then, it's we're pretty sure it's actually set now because she like talks modern... about freezing her eggs. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's just very odd. <laughs> it's, it's honestly it portrays Ireland like the most backward place you could conceivably imagine, and then it yeah. throws in the freezing eggs thing. So, mm-hmm. I I mean it's fair enough that we assumed it was set in like the nineteenth century, but I don't think it is. And then there's also a scene where Jamie Dornan's character sees a Rolls Royce. And looks at it like it's come from a different planet. He like yeah. taps it with his knuckles as if he thinks it's going to fall apart. It's just like ridiculous. It's honestly, it's like, is it Ireland or have we just walked back in time a yeah. hundred years? Who knows? You would never know. <laughs> but the comments on the YouTube trailer were predictably really funny. Um, <laughs> a small selection for you here. One person said, this is worse than the famine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is dark, but pretty funny. Another one, another one said, is this what cultural appropriation feels like? Horrifying. <laughs> um, and then my personal favourite, as someone living in rural Ireland, I'm pissing myself. Sorry, <laughs> lads. I have to go now to speak to leprechauns, milk the cows and say teedle dee teedle I as I walk <laughs> for seven miles to school. <laughs> That is that is that really sums it up, doesn't it? Like <laughs> it's really good, they are milking cows. I swear they're milking cows in it. Yeah, they're and like well, herding yeah. a sheep and that kind of thing. Constantly in the fields. It's raining a lot. You yeah. Know. I mean, yeah, that's less <laughs> offensive than the whole mud on the face thing. But yeah. you know. Um and not to return to normal people again, but Oh my god, we're obsessed today. I know we're obsessed. Uh but the Vogue article does mention um, normal people because it compares the trailer for Wild Mountain Time to the portrayal of Ireland in Normal People and she says that normal people did it so well because they just put in normal everyday details that made it really relatable like apparently um, one of the characters works in an Irish supermarket called a Centra which is oh, just right. like really yeah. commonplace and completely normal um, but I also wanted to ask you how do you think it compares to the drama over Emily in Paris sort of oh, portraying French culture in that way because I don't know I don't, I don't want to inadvertently reinforce national stereotypes but I can't help but feel but all those sort of opinion pieces from French writers about oh, how yeah. outraged they were about um how Emily in Paris portrayed French culture were very different in tone to this article by um McDermott in British Vogue, which was essentially just taking the piss. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's sort of the perceived difference between French people and Irish people. Is yeah, that, true. Yeah. Irish people are like up for the bands. They can <laughs> really laugh at themselves for the French. Well, they take it too seriously. I mean, at least uh, in this one, they didn't seem to be being mean about Irish people. They weren't like, that's Irish true. people are fundamentally not nice people, which I guess you could have taken away from Emily in Paris if you were reaching yeah. a bit. Um but it is just funny how wrong they got it in, yeah. in the Irish one because it just looks like the back of beyond. Yeah. You know, 
Chaucerian. <laughs> yeah, in a way. I think yeah. I think part of it though is that you know a lot of Americans have this thing that their ancestry goes back yeah. to Ireland. Even Joe Biden has it, you know. Apparently his oh, his really? ancestral hometown in Ireland had a massive party when he won the election and it's like oh, four or five cute. generations. I know, I know, but it's it's just that connect I think Americans feel like they have a very strong connection to yeah they love St Patrick's Day yeah. I find it a bit offensive like they all want to be Irish but they don't give a crap about England <laughs> like most of you are from here babes like <laughs> yeah. yeah well you can kind of understand that I mean no one really wants yeah. to be English today no <laughs> um, but I feel like that came into it because in this article she mm. speaks about how the director has Irish heritage but is American oh, and so and it's just sort yeah. of a fetishization of um island from the perspective of yeah and like romanticization of the time when their ancestors would have left island i guess they're like let's go back to the roots yeah um but it is super cringe but honestly if you want to laugh it is laugh Mm. a minute that trailer yeah laugh at emily blunt's accent it's time for nice nuggets of news a segment where we discuss uplifting news stories that might have passed you by it's nugget time what's your nugget connie um i've actually got another animal themed nugget this week what can i say i'm obsessed i need to change my tune um this one is about the quest to find the world's cleverest dog Cute, right? Um, Researchers in Hungary have spent the last two years searching for dogs who could recognise the names of different toys. How clever! Uh, They've advertised it on social media and now they've found a a group of competitors. Competitors, dog competitors. The top dogs, if you will. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Um, Hate myself. Yes. (laughs) So now these top dogs are going to be competing in live live stream experiments and it's called the Genius Dog Challenge and you can find it broadcasting live on youtube 7 p.m each week from the 11th of november until the 16th of december wow. um clash of yeah. titans the dogs are all border collies fun fact they are not really 100% clever, sure why yeah i think it's because they're clever yeah they have said they did, did say something like it's not to say that other breeds aren't as clever but we're just doing it with these breeds <laughs> this breed even so uh shade funny. thrown to other dogs there <laughs> If you have a dog, be offended. (laughs) It'd be funny if they had, like, eight border collies and then, like, a rogue pug that was just, like, super bright. (laughs) (laughs) That would be... There's a film in that, Jar. You should sell the rights. (laughs) It would be better than Wild Mountain Time. It would. (laughs) Um, Anyway, have you got any nugs for me? Hit me up. Yes, well, the most obvious one, I guess, is the news of a vaccine, a successful vaccine for COVID came out this week. Um, How exciting. I know that was 90% effective uh, in its test trials that were done on over 43,000 people. So that's pretty exciting. I don't, so I wanted to ask you about this though, because obviously I'm really excited for when this gets rolled out. I think it will be a few months, um, any, yeah. like whatever happens. But I'm kind of, I don't know what it's going to be like when we get out of the pandemic because I haven't met new people in so long. Yeah, it's going to be weird. And do you remember when, a couple of weeks ago, when we were still allowed to do stuff and we met one of our friend's housemates and we were both really weird? Yeah, we were. (laughs) We were, like, so nervous and shy. (laughs) And, like, huddling together. Yeah, I know. It's really (laughs) cringe. And I'm just really scared about that happening. Like, I've forgotten how to do social interactions with people I don't know really well. 
yeah it's gonna be tricky we're gonna have to <laughs> to be up. brave yeah <laughs> and um, also not be really overexcited like oh my god hi yeah a new person yeah that was the other thing we were we, we were a weird mix of like shy and hysterical I do remember it so yeah. vividly it haunts me <laughs> anyway um my other nice nug is that I read a story about a metro train in a city near Rotterdam in the Netherlands uh, that was saved from crashing down a 32 feet drop um, because a public sculpture in the shape of a whale's tail managed to stop the train at the end of the tracks. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so it was like crashing through the end of the tracks um, but was caught in a sculpture called Whale Tails um, (laughs) that was constructed in 2002. And the Whoa. sculptor himself was sourced for comment and said, it has been there for almost 20 years and you you actually expect the plastic to pulverise a bit, but that is apparently not the case. <laughs> bit random. Yeah, well, it, I kind of like that because clearly he has a very sound technical knowledge of his sculptures. Yeah, so, true. Fair play to the man. Um, so, yes, some things to be hopeful about this week. Yeah. Always nice. nice. Uplifting news. Hmm. So, Jean, have you got any lockdown recommendations for things to watch? I'm kind of running low at the moment, so... Well, glad you asked. Uh, Indeed, I do. Um, A BBC Three series called Angels of the North has just released its second season. Um, And I watched the whole of the first one last year and absolutely loved it. Basically, it's a documentary following the owner and um, staff of a salon in Newcastle called Long Locks. Um, the the owner's called Sammy Joe, all one word which I love and she runs the salon with her mum Bev uh, and they call the women who work there, they call um, them their girls um, who work in the salon and it's really cute Um, and it's good to watch the episodes are very short, some are only 15 minutes long so it's a short snappy hit Um, the salon itself looks like it was decorated by like Barbie on steroids with an unlimited budget. It's mental. <laughs> there's pink everywhere. There's neon like girl gang signs. There's a whole wall of artificial flowers. There's a mound of artificial grass with little Barbie Whoa. and Ken dolls on it. It's literally crazy. And there's Sounds like very chihuahuas Instagram. running Instagram. Could it's you like so, take a good yeah. selfie there? <laughs> yeah, literally. They I think that's that's what they want to generate is that they want people to be able to come in and like take pics of their new hairdo and it's good publicity oh, really, isn't yeah. it? It's a business yeah. hack. They they um, are business minded, those ladies. Obviously. They really are. They really are. Um and obviously all their hair and makeup is incredible. Extensions, contouring, fake eyelashes, you name it, they've got it. It's just great to see. Um so the the cast of the show, they're all colleagues, but they're also really good mates. Um a lot of them refer to the salon as their family, which is nice Aww. to see. Um and it kind of reminded me of Selling Sunset a bit because it follows the shifting dynamics between the girls and their career progression within their workplace, obviously. Um, and a little bit about their love lives kind of sprinkled around the edges. So in series one, there was a bit about Sammy Joe's sort of on-off relationship with this guy called Tom, who was nowhere near good enough for her but whatever I'll leave <laughs> you <take>. to <laughs> I'll leave you to form your own opinion if you watch it um but also it's kind of just way nicer than selling sunset because 
Selling Sunset was obviously there's loads of wealth, there's loads of privilege, mm-hmm. and it's like very cutthroat. And the drama yeah. comes from the women just basically being mean to each other. But mm-hmm. in Angels of the North, like they're all friends. There's a real sense of warmth and camaraderie. And Sammy, Joe, and Bev, they both they really look out for the women who work for them. Like they want the best for them. They want them to progress. Um, and yeah, it's just really great. And often when they do the interview straight to the camera, they talk about like their aims. So they'll say that they're saving up to buy a house um, and that they just want to get this qualification to be like, to be a specialist hairdresser in extensions or color or something. Um, and I just thought that was really nice. Cause it was, is there's just a focus on working hard to achieve your goals and just having a laugh along the way. And it was, yeah, just really nice. Sounds so cute. Yeah, really cute. And also I found it great to listen to in this first week of lockdown 2.0 because I don't know about you, but I'm I'm really missing hanging out with like large groups of people. Mm. And especially our friends. I never thought I'd say this, but I kind of miss the slight like screechiness you get with loads of girls. Yeah. <laughs> that hysterical, like talking yeah. over each other. Yeah, talking over each other, like loud, sort of having your own language, your own communication, like talking at a million miles per hour. Um, I really miss that. So it sort of gives you a little bit of that, even though it's a TV show, which I really, really appreciate. Also, sounds so good. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> um, the Newcastle accents are really, really nice to listen to. I they are. Yeah. They? I'm, it's going to make me nostalgic for uni because, you know, I went to uni up north, like a half, yeah, really? Durham's, like but half an hour of... from Newcastle. Yeah, everyone sounds like that. Everyone oh, sounds, they've so got proper Geordie accents. So they you... are so glam, the Northern girls yeah, as well. That's, that, honestly, Compared to the students, they looked like they make so much more effort on nights out we would wear trainers and they'd be like no tights heels tiny dress fake like hair extensions full face of makeup yeah they make they make the effort (laughs) it's yeah it's phenomenal it's phenomenal to see but so had you heard phrases like canny last before Mm, not necessarily they call you pet in the supermarket and stuff yeah Yeah. that's really nice yeah so they say canny last which i'd never heard but apparently it means like friendly or nice She's a canny oh. lass, means like she's like a, a nice girl. Cute. Um, which is really cute. And also, the other thing I heard on it, have you ever heard the phrase, it's all fur coat and no knickers? No, I have not. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm going to start saying it now. Um, so the context is that one of them has a housewarming party um, and one of her mates is, basically says to her, your, dec- your decor is so nice. I really like how you decorated the house. Like, it looks really posh. And then she says... It's all fur coat and no knickers. And apparently oh it means um, like it looks really fancy, but actually it's quite cheap and cheerful. That's so cool. I'm going to yeah. start using that. It's so nice, isn't it? It's all like business coat. in the front, party in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the greatest way to describe a mullet, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, if you're looking for a little bit of, little bit of girl gang vibes um, in this lockdown time, watch Angels of the North. And now onto Whack or Woke, where we re-watch pre-2010 TV series and films and see how they hold up from a Gen Z perspective. (laughs) 
So this week for Wack or Woke, we watched an episode of Modern Family. Uh, this episode is called The Help. It's season five, episode six. So actually, we're, we're slightly bending our own rules here because yeah. this is not quite a pre-2010 episode. No. However, the first series of Modern Family did air in 2009. So is and it fine? life is short. You've got to break some rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, in this episode, we're introduced to a new character, Andy, who's a male nanny. Fun fact, guys, we did discuss a male nanny in a previous episode of Wack or Woke. Yes. Ten points to Gryffindor, to whoever can remember um, what series that was in. What the hell we were talking about then? Um, yeah, I know, I know, it was Friends. <laughs> Woo! It was. Ten points to you, Jar. Um, yeah, so what did you think, Jar? How did you think it compared to that Friends app? Well, I thought it was it was funny because they must it must be like a very close reference the writers definitely knew what they were doing that they were basically echoing the friends episode very closely because it's exactly the same dynamic where the woman slash mum which is rachel Mm -hmm. in friends but gloria in modern family is the one who's keen to hire the male nanny because he's super qualified and he's good with kids um and he'd be a good addition to the household Whereas the man who's Ross in Friends or Jay in Modern Family is really against it. And the only reason they can find is basically because the nanny is a man. Yeah. Um, But I thought what was interesting is that the difference was clearly that in Modern Family, Jay's persona is like the grumpy old man who's sort of Mm -hmm. out of touch with like gender roles and stuff like that. So you expect him to be behind the curve on something like this. Um, Whereas in Friends, Ross and Rachel are both in their 30s. And I think nowadays we'd expect millennials or we'd expect that generation to be a little bit more accepting that men can look after children just as well as women can. And that their roles as carers are just as valid and they can be just as qualified. Yeah. Um, But, and also the fact that in Friends... Rachel basically this might be more to do with the difference of their personalities than anything Mm -hmm. else but in Friends Rachel just caves when Ross wants to fire the male nanny true even though she really likes him Gloria's like nope yeah whereas Gloria's (laughs) like look I'm the one who spends most of the time in this house I should be able to say who yeah which is a very valid point yeah which is completely Um, fair enough and I also thought it was quite good that, that Jay and Manny, ex- aside from that one, it's weird he's a man at the beginning, their problem is more about Andy's personality because he's yeah. just like so intense and over the top um, rather than the fact that he's a man. Like Manny doesn't seem to have any problem with the fact that he's a man. No, not at all. No, it's yeah. just his weird health obsession, which to be fair, I would find grating as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Andy's played by Adam Devine, who is in, he's quite famous and he's in Pitch Perfect yeah. and a few other things. Um, very funny, but he's like a very over the top character and yeah. he's like trying to make them healthy, etc. So not to be yeah. confused with Adam Levine, who's the main uh, singer of Maroon Five. True, incredibly similar name. Incredibly there. similar name. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in the same episode, they have so Phil Dunphy's dad comes to stay at their house. Yes, um, and he there's a subplot where he accidentally hires a middle-aged <laughs> sex worker to sleep with him um which really surprised me and I didn't remember that happening in the first when I first watched it yeah it's quite it's kind of like thrown in there a bit yeah um, sort of quite short segment yeah it's a short segment but I yeah. thought I thought that's perhaps one of the more subtle ways that modern family tries to 
shape viewers' perspectives about potentially controversial topics because yeah I mean they do it in quite broad brush ways at times like they have obviously loads of different kinds of couples they have a gay couple yeah, and they have, yeah, yeah. Gloria's obviously from South America and all these kind of things um but this was because it was a subplot and it took up less airtime it was slightly more subtle but basically she's a middle-aged sex worker and she says some dodgy stuff she says some <laughs> quite like violent things which makes it clear that her family upbringing hasn't been yeah you know the most steady or stable um but she, like how people treat her and how she's presented she's actually quite a positive presence in the episode of yeah the um and she's not slut shamed or anything like one character says that she's very professional um <laughs> So I just thought that was, and also she's not really like young and vulnerable, um, and she's not dressed in a yeah. She looks like a professional woman. Yeah, she looks like a professional woman. Um, so I just I just thought that was that was quite a clever way to shape viewers' perspectives, basically, because it isn't like yeah, it isn't forcing it upon people. It's just showing that you know sex workers might not look how they often do in film in films or on screen. Yeah, very good point there. Um, and I also thought the I like the storyline with with Cam and Mitch. Mitch's like gay wedding, so yeah. they they put that um, storyline in just after gay marriage is legalized in America, which I mm. thought was really nice because like it's just cute to show how excited they are to get married yeah. because it's legalized. Um, although that is is quite stereotypical and like quite a lot of the humor yeah. is maybe based on negative-ish stereotypes about gay people but it's a really funny subplot with one of their friends pepper i love yeah. their friends and and how <laughs> they've all got hilarious names and like <laughs> do really stereotypically gay things but yeah very cute yeah wedding. that was nice oh that's really nice that they tied it to like a historical moment then i hadn't realized that it was so contemporary yeah to that. it's mm. quite it's quite um yeah it's nice and it also kind of like brings that political yeah. awareness to the viewers of like oh they're I mean they're not a real couple but it's kind of for people who don't know any gay people it might yeah. be nice to see a kind of inverted commas real couple um having that excitement about finally being able to get married yeah, so yeah exactly cute. personal is political as we all know yeah so how woke or whack would you rate that genre um I'd, I'd say pretty woke yeah, I'm say, thinking it might be one of the wokest yeah, we've seen. Yeah, I think it might be the most woke. Possibly Whoa. because we have bent the rules and it's actually later. Yeah, good point. I think this just shows how much of a watershed like 2010 was though. Yeah. Or maybe 2012 perhaps as the cast. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yes, pretty woke. That's it for this week. Thank you to all our listeners and social media followers. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember to follow us on social media at From A to Gen Z on Instagram, From A to Gen Z with Connie and Jarlette on Facebook, and at From A to Gen Z Pod on Twitter. Tune in next time for another episode of From A to Gen Z.